Welcome to GovIT, a new monthly podcast series from DLT, where we will discuss the next generation of public sector IT solutions with the technology innovators driving the change. I'm your host, Tom Temin. Each month, we explore a different technology, what it is and how it can help public sector organizations achieve their modernization goals and accomplish their missions. This week, we're sitting down with D2IQ's Chris Gaughan to discuss Kubernetes, an open source standard for orchestrating containers. Now, that sounds like a mouthful, but we'll describe how practical it actually is for deploying new cloud-hosted applications. Chris, good to have you on. Thank you for having me. Let's start in the beginning. Explain Kubernetes and where it fits into the whole IT ecosystem to begin with. Yeah, sure. You know, one way to understand Kubernetes is a little bit of history around specifically IT in the data center. So about a decade ago, these large internet scale companies were getting up and running. You could think of the Netflixes, the Ubers, the Twitters of the world, and they had issues that they needed to solve. They needed to uh, move faster. They needed to keep everything running. They couldn't have their service going down because, you know, I still want to be able to watch my movie on Thanksgiving when everybody's home watching their movie. And they need to do this in a way that was efficient and, and cheaper. To, to compete in their markets. And so one of the ways that they did this is that they just built big data centers or invented cloud computing so that they could easily spin up new infrastructure. But another thing that they needed to accomplish is actually running these services and keeping them up and running. So they couldn't go down. And so they were all building their unique solutions to do this and to do it in an agile way. And then eventually someone at Google about six years ago or seven years ago, said that, why don't we take our internal system that we're using, take the lessons learned and build something more generic that everybody can deploy in their data centers to get that type of scale and efficiencies that we're getting in our own data center. And that was the birth of Kubernetes. And today it's used across many organizations across the world, primarily in data centers in order to deliver uh, these web services that we all enjoy in a more agile and efficient way. Well, is it a standard? Is it a piece of software that you apply? What is it that you're getting when you're obtaining Kubernetes? Yeah, it is a piece of software or service, or uh, some would call it an API. What, what it is, is basically a way to develop software that always keeps it up and running. So if like, you know, something goes down, like say a piece of the data center, like actual servers or computers go down, it doesn't affect your experience as a user because the service will go and spin up somewhere else and I'll be able to keep on watching my movies or order my my Uber service or, or whatnot. It almost sounds like the equivalent in software of striped drives where with one going down, you would have another drive come up and the data service from those drives never went away. Yeah, it's it's similar to that, it's similar to to RAID that we had in the in the in the storage space, but it, you could almost think of it as almost like a, a data center operating system that you that you apply across many servers. It's not something that you run on your laptop typically, although you you can for development purposes. It's definitely not something that you run on your phone. It's something that you need when you're running or you're maintaining 50 different servers and you needed to keep, or 50 servers or more, and you needed to keep a service up 24 seven, 365 days a year. All right, suppose I'm an IT development shop or I'm commissioning an application in a federal agency, and this is something that's going to be mission critical, has to run, as you point out, 24 seven all the time. 
how do I bake the Kubernetes standard and product into that software development? How does that all happen? How does it get to apply to a new development? Yeah, sure. If you're a developer, uh, you could request that your IT department, central IT, offer a Kubernetes service. Or as I said, it is small enough that you could go download it, hopefully from D2IQ, and, and running on run it on your laptop to get started. If you work in IT and want to move faster, work in a more modern way and cut cost, then you can offer a Kubernetes service and you could get it from D2IQ and download the software and, and deploy it. Uh, there's a number of other providers and, and vendors that also have Kubernetes software. And for those that like to know what's going on under the hood, we mentioned in the beginning, this is the orchestration of containers. Why don't we, just for people that might be new to this, first of all, define some of the terms starting with container in the world of software development and deployment. So containers, you could think of as just a way of uh, packaging software and shipping it and deploying it to a server or your computer. And it does it in such a way that it segments the space that it needs, meaning the CPU and memory, uh, so that other services and other applications can run on that server or that computer without a need of virtualization or another, you know, spinning up another machine. So it, it just offers that that type of efficiency. The thing is that when you actually build a container and you do ship it onto a server, what happens if that server goes down? You, you lose that container. So the next thing that you need that you realize that you must have is some way to orchestrate these containers. You can think of orchestration as the dance that containers need to do in order to maintain this high availability and always be on. So if that server now goes down, what happens is that the orchestrator will take that pattern, that binary that you deployed, and go deploy it somewhere else so that your users, whether they're using some website or something else, won't have any disruption in, in their service. And so this is the basics of container orchestration. Basically, what it's doing is it's, it's abstract, abstracting all the infrastructure underneath, and it is deploying these containers, and then it's dancing them around in your data center to, to give the best experience for your users. And how big are containers? Are they defined by, say, a logical function or by a number of lines of code or what? It is defined basically by a standard of packaging, but typically they're a certain amount of CPU and memory. So when you go ship them, you're typically defining uh, how much CPU it needs or a limit of CPU and memory that, that will be defined for this container. And maybe give us some examples of the types of government programs where this could be useful, this whole idea of a orchestrated container system under a Kubernetes rubric. Yeah, sure. Uh, some of these government programs or entities need or have the same requirements that those internet scale companies did 10 years ago, which means that they need to move faster and they need to keep things up and running all the time. So this includes the armed forces or intelligent agencies that that are constantly competing and, and, and need to uh, do better than the other players out there. And so you see a lot of Kubernetes in those spaces. You see a lot of Kubernetes, honestly, throughout the federal government and state governments and local governments now. 
Typically, they feel that the way that they can deliver service can be better than that they have done in the past, and they're using Kubernetes as an avenue to do that. All right. And in the time we have left, just give us a brief description of D2IQ and how it and DLT can help in this whole process. Yes, we provide a secure enterprise-grade Kubernetes distribution and command center. It's FIPS validated. We have a number of government customers using this in in production. They have very large clusters across many data centers. So this is something that we have the expertise to deliver, that we have deep insight and people that have worked for Kubernetes or with Kubernetes for five years. And uh, this is, is something that we are constantly trying to innovate on and and get people to be able to deliver applications faster and more efficiently. Chris Gaughan is the CNCF ambassador and manages the product team for Kubernetes platforms at D2IQ. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you. For more on how D2IQ and DLT are helping make Kubernetes work for you, visit DLT.com. You've been listening to GovIT from DLT. We'll be back next month with more. I'm Tom Temin.